You're listening to the Union Podcast. The Union is a movement dedicated to discovering God's design for sexuality, His hope for restoration, and the power of our destiny through Jesus. Please enjoy today's podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Union Podcast. My name is Brian Pugh. I am co-founder of the Union Movement alongside my wife, Bonnie. And uh, if you're new to the union movement, we are an organization that's dedicated uh, to declaring God's truth, hope, and destiny when it comes to relationships, marriage, sexuality, identity. Um, We really do believe that God's plans for us are good and that no matter what our story is, no matter what our past is, His plan of redemption is for you and is for us as well. If you haven't subscribed to the Union Podcast, we would so appreciate it if you would subscribe and even give us a rating as it just helps us to be seen by more and more people. Today, um, I get to sit down with Drew Rayock and uh, Drew and his wife, Andrea, they pastor a church called Exchange Church in Windsor, Ontario. And uh, Drew has an amazing story of transformation and restoration in his life. Uh, being a, um, a young pastor, young leader who gained influence and, and then had a moral failing in his life. And uh, he just talks really openly and candidly and vulnerably um, about the work that God did in the restore, restoration process. And I really do believe that um, you're going to be touched, you're going to be impacted by it. It was such a joy to sit down and talk with Drew. So I hope you enjoy this and uh, we'll catch you at the end of the podcast. Well, Drew, thanks so much for being on the podcast today, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, so glad I can be here. Really, it's it's great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, for for those who don't know, uh, Drew and his wife Andrea pastor a church in Windsor, Ontario. And uh, tell us tell us about how Exchange Church came about and just how that whole that whole that whole process uh, came together. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's there's quite a few moving parts. Uh, to it, or or there was, but man, we we found ourselves um, in a situation where um, you know we were living in the Niagara region for um, you know seven seven years, and then uh, all of a sudden, kind of brought home and uh, started a, a new journey here in Windsor. Windsor is home for, for the both of us. Amazing, and uh, and. Um, you know, God just put it on my heart, on our heart, uh, you know, in, in probably what was the hardest season of life, mm-hmm. um, that he wasn't, that he wasn't done with us yet. And, uh, we just started dreaming and isn't it funny that when you submit your dreams to God, even dreams that you're like, man, this is never, ever going right, to happen. Right. Um, things just start falling into place. And I mean, we started dreaming about exchange church, um, man, maybe six years ago. And, uh, we're just about to reach our two year anniversary. So it's been, it's been pretty awesome. Dude, that's so awesome. So how, how long have you and Andrea been married? Man, we have been out make sure I want to make sure I get this right. Yeah. This is, Um, this is the million dollar question, man. I know, absolutely. Uh, actually, we've been, we've been married for 16 years. It was 16 years on July 31st. Hey. Uh, okay. So I, I know these things. July 31st go. was 16 years, and we've been together. Uh, we've been together for 20 years. 20 years, man. Yeah. Amazing. I remember I was in uh, my last year of high school. I don't know how other other high schools uh, kind of go in, in the. Uh, in the nation, but we had something called OAC, which was kind of like, um, a victory lap that kids take nowadays. Okay. Um, (laughs) it was mandatory grade grade 13. And so I was in OAC and Andy's Andy is just a little older than me. And, and I remember like taking her car into high school and like thinking she's a little older than I am. Right. So I had the girl and I was using her car. Oh yeah. It was a good time. You're the man. Yeah, 20 years, man. 20, 20 years. years. That's crazy. That's crazy, man. And so you guys have a little girl now? Well, I wouldn't say now. Yeah, it's been, I, you've had a little girl for a while, right? But you have one daughter? I, yeah, Zoe, Amelia, and she is our everything. Uh, Zoe's 10. Oh, and awesome. um, 
man, I don't deserve a kid that's this awesome. Like, um, (laughs) probably like maybe 2% bias on this, but man, like she is fantastic. She's the best parts of, of me. She can be crazy and silly and, um, and then she's all, all parts, Andy. She's just caring and kind and wise for 10, but only child syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. She's, She's killing it. She's, she's a great little girl. That's awesome, man. I always, I always love talking to parents about daughters cause I just have boys. Right. And so it's like, my world right. is just essentially like WWE with probably like more food crumbs in the couch. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, bro, but, I wouldn't know what to do with a little boy. <laughs> like, I know. I, I've got, uh, we're, we're one and done and I got Zoe and I'm, I'm a happy camper. Oh yeah, yeah man. That's awesome. That's awesome. So one of the things we love to do on the podcast, man, is to ask a random question. So I'm just going to, this okay. wasn't in the notes. Okay. This is just off the cuff. Dude, if you could Here bring back, if you could bring back one fashion trend, what would it be? Yo, this is easy for me. This yeah. is easy. This, yeah. So this might not be like, yeah, this isn't clothing. By the way, I have my own like denim Instagram, like I'm all about I that. I know, fashion. man. Like, I know. I just saw uh, that the other day. Yeah, I'm starting a 365 uh, fade your denim kind of vibe. It's it's a lot of fun, but that, that's another story. We'll put uh, that in the show but, notes, man. Show notes. That's in there. Yeah, yeah. If I if I could, I'd bring back like the like OG Hillsong like swoopy mullet like straight iron yes. the back of your hair yeah like Aussie mullet man <laughs> those were the days dude those I were legit that. oh yeah, man I I had my own straight iron and Whoa. my mullet was fierce yeah my, my mullet was real deal like are we talking and, like shoulder blade length or what are we talking about here yeah yeah I mean it was it was scary it was a thing dude. and I remember rocking like and like dress vests, like going to like Value Village or the yeah. Salvation Army and like vests. And man, we were so stupid as kids, eh? <laughs> That's awesome, bro. I had I had a um, I had a like Euro mullet, right? Like it's essentially what we're talking about, where it's like soccer yeah. soccer player kind of a frame on the top, and just like yes, a million different directions coming out the back, and. Dude, I didn't even realize it. Like I I I dyed my hair like bleach blonde through the middle like the weekend that I had a home show for the company that I was working for. And it's just like sometimes like as a like as a youth leader, you kind of forget like you, there's like a real world outside of like youth ministry, you know? What I mean, you forget that like that yeah. Yeah, that might stand out in a negative way outside of the real world. Oh, it's crazy. Dude, that's awesome, man. I don't think I've heard anybody say the mullet. Anybody say they'd bring it back. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I, I, I love those. Those were the days. But I'm just getting old and, you know, yeah. I'm wanting to be young again. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> um, well, now, okay, on the flip side, what's one current fashion trend that you wish could just go away and never come back? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a... That's a hard uh, one. Yeah. What am I seeing nowadays that I'm just like, what? I feel like there's a lot of things that I see in the world today that I'm like, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I don't know, man. Like, you gotta, you might have to help me out with this one. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty content. Like, there's, there's nothing that scares me that my daughter, you know, like wants to wear or is into. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. My, my wife is, is doing the the Lulus and the comfy sweaters and oh, yeah. I mean yeah I you know fashion's good in my world right now yeah yeah totally well I just <laughs> I just wonder like I've seen like fanny packs starting to kind of make a a little bit of a comeback bro I'm not mad at it. not mad at it you're not mad at it. <laughs> no I love it yeah I, I gotta say it. like they're not like the '80s fluorescent you know like standout fanny pack it's so true. yeah you got to have some respect for that i guess for, man i think we're doing pretty good i think there's something in our yeah, culture that's like just kind of like hey man you do you like if it's you know to a certain extent but like you do you man that's that's and then, awesome 
And then when our kids are, you know, 20 and 30 years old, they'll look back at what we're wearing today and going like, you guys were such losers. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I know. I can't, I can't wait to hear the gears like that we're going to get from our kids because oh, we, yeah. we purposely bought jeans with rips in them. You know, like that's going (laughs) to that's going to be a day, man. Well, dude, I'd love to to jump into your story. And and for, you know, those who are listening who maybe don't know a whole lot about you, like how did how did you first get into ministry? And, you know, what was your story even maybe coming to Christ? And and but how did that progress into now uh, being a pastor? Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah. Memory lane here for a second, I guess. Uh, I I grew up in. in a pretty interesting household, a pretty interesting dynamic. Um, my dad is, he, my dad's just a great dude. He, his name's Eddie. He's from Scotland. He's hey. a great accent. He talks like this all the time. So, <laughs> Oh, dude, you nailed it. Yeah. He's, nailed it. he's great. Um, I can beat him in golf now. So, you know, hey. like my, my world is, is, is good. Yeah. Man. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so I grew up, uh, grew up in a household where, um, you know, my dad, from Scotland, rough family, rough, you know, rough upbringing, mm. didn't, um, didn't necessarily know how to love a son, um, mm. you know, great guy, but not tons of love. And we, you know, we've been through that conversation and me and my sure. dad are like great friends now. And, yeah. and my mom, uh, my mom's, uh, you know, a, a tough sell, love her. She's, she's absolutely incredible, but she, she, battles, um, severe bipolar illness, mm. um, you know, in and out of the hospital, in and out of, um, situations of, uh, suicide attempts and oh, stuff like man. that, all, all that stuff growing up. So definitely a hard dynamic at home and yet, um, love that God redeems you know, so much. Obviously we want him to redeem things kind of in our time mm. and we're like, you know, now, like God, if you could do this now, that would be great. But you know, yeah. I'm now 38 years old. Don't tell anyone. You can take that <laughs> uh, the the podcast here. But yeah. 38 years old, and just understanding now what family really means, and uh, being close uh, with one another, even understanding, you know, that we all have battles, and yeah. and uh, we we've walked through it. So uh, a, a rough childhood, but somehow, some way, God got a hold of my parents. I think when I was actually my daughter's age, grade five, uh, 10, 11 years old. And, uh, we ended up at the local Pentecostal church in, mm. in town. And man, I'll tell you what, uh, junior high ministry was everything that this hyper crazy kid needed. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I was sold. I, I love, love, love music. Mm. Um, I've always loved music. It's just my thing. Um, music is always going on around me. I'm a worship leader as well. And um, and so once, man, once I was introduced to like worship music and that whole vibe, right. man, I was, I was hooked. And so I tell you, man, grade five, I did grade five to eight. I did the junior high. I did the high school thing, um, senior high ministry, uh, leading worship for junior highs. And it wasn't, I mean, obviously we're, stupid teenagers and um and i mean i'm sure we're gonna get into uh my vices but, yeah you know, right my vices showed up quite early in life right and so loving jesus but you know also loving a bunch of other things yeah yeah uh, and uh but man i was i was i was sold i remember going into my counselor's office in high school you know in in grade 12 which you know they they uh, corral all all the seniors and they say well what are you doing next I said, I'm going to Bible college. And, you know, again, people uh, knew me and they're like, you're going to Bible college. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm sold. So, man, I went to Bible college. Uh, You know, I I worked uh, I worked for Nike, you know, throughout college, which is uh, I'm a big, uh, you know, brand ambassador, I guess. Still, I love I love my Nike gear. But uh, come on. Yeah, did Bible college and man, right right out of the gate. I uh I was a youth pastor uh, in a small town for just about a year. Definitely wasn't uh, my vibe. That was a that was a tough tough little quick season for me being a rookie. Green as green can be, and uh, that situation was was tough. Um, but uh, then we landed in the Niagara region, um, and we were there for about seven years at just a, 
a, a fantastic church. Mm. Amazing. What was it about worship that, that you, like, obviously you're a musician, songwriter, that, but what was it about worship that, that really, really got a hold of your heart? Yeah, I think it's the, um, I think it's the intimacy of it all because I, I, I already feel like, um, and this is super artsy fartsy, but, um, you know, I already feel like music is really ingrained in me. It, you know, it just has always connected. And then to bring that to a level where, um, we, we can use music to actually encounter this God who loves us mm-hmm. and, and, you know, sing about him and sing to him. And again, even as just a kid, the idea of, of bringing those two things together, mm-hmm. uh, was huge. And again, um, you know, the, the whole Pentecostal thing, man, going to, going to camps and then just being, you know, at those altar moments and yeah. those worships. Oh, there, there was nothing like it for me. I mean, I, I was sold encountering God in a musical context for me, you know, when I was younger, it, it was incredible. Absolutely. Oh dude, that's awesome. I, I do agree. I think worship has such a unique um, it, it does, it reaches parts of our soul and reaches parts of our heart that just like information can't, you know what I mean? And it's like, I think that's why it's so important, especially in this time as we're facing, you know, really unique challenges. I'm not going to say unprecedented because I can't stand hearing that word again, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but I think that's, what's so important about the time that we're living in is just to keep that, that place and the connection with God. Um, and even worshiping together is just so, so powerful. Well, that's what I was just going to say, you know, even being back in a space with people for the past two weekends and being able to worship with, you know, the, the church crew, mm-hmm. man, I'm telling you, there's, there's nothing like it. Yeah. The a, a corporate worship sense is, is so, I mean, for me, man, it's, it's needed. It brings me so much life. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Now is, now you kind of, were able to find a, a larger platform and you started to gain influence and, and conference invitations, stuff like pretty early in, in, all, in all this, what was that like, you know, stepping into a place that, you know, like really where your, your name is starting to get out, you're starting to be with some, you know, bigger Christian leader names and, and people and stuff. What was that like? Yeah. Let's name drop all the names. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, man, it was, I mean, it was wild, right? Because it was new for me, you know, at that time, I actually, um, I have an incredible friend who I will name yeah. Ben Gomez. He's a, he's a professor down in Lakeland, Florida. Cool. And he was like, we, we, um, we do try to do vacation there once, once every year Sounds uh, amazing. For, for Mickey and Minnie, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so I remember sitting with him at lunch and he says, you were the guy that had the guys in before they were the guys. Mm. And I was like, dang. And he's like, what was that all about? So it's like, I've, I guess I've had this question asked to me before. And, but all that to say, like I was, I was so new at this mm-hmm. and the whole idea of, you know, conferences and what I, now kind of see or people can see as like the whole Christian celebrity vibe. Yeah. It wasn't about that. It was just about, you know, these people that uh other people kind of connected me with and just getting them in because of the gifts that were on their life mm-hmm. and and just the ability they had to um obviously just to to preach good news and 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 to and to you know bring a certain vibe to a conference. And it was great intentions to start, mm-hmm. um, so much fun and, and a, a little conference that I started with a hundred people and the next year it's 500 and then the next year it's like 1500. Wow. And, um, before I knew it, what was about helping out my students and, you know, maybe just connecting with some new people became about me running game mm. and being found in the right place at the right time with the right people and sure people are going to meet with god but i also have 
another agenda. Right. I, I have dreams and aspirations and right. Yeah. And I know some people that are going to get me there. Wow. And, you know, in turn that, that, uh, first season, you know, I'm, I'm in, uh, you know, Texas and Florida and Vegas and, and all these places speaking and, and, and doing my thing, but so very empty inside. Mm. Yeah. Wow. What, like, what would you say to, because you, you touched on it, like how Christian leadership has become borderline, you know, Christian celebrity is, is actually what it is. Are you a celebrity pastor? You know, who's right. coming to your church? Who are you hanging out with? And I, there's a part of it that I, that I have like zero problem with in the sense, right. because like people, people who have influence still need Jesus. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're a musician or you know, you're an actor or whatever, like, man, you need Jesus and you need to have a community that actually just sees you for who you are. But I, I think I see that, that kind of Christian corporate ladder um, mentality really clear. And like in a day and age of social media and Instagram, where you can make yourself out to be as big as you want to be, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. What do you, what do you say to that? Like when you see that having been in it before it was cool, you know, what do right. you say to that? Well, I, I'm, I, I feel like I've, I've reconciled this within myself mm -hmm. and the only, the only, my only takeaway for a, a, an up and comer or, or someone whose influence grows really quick, you know, really fast is just like, be careful, guard your, guard your heart and make sure that you, your why, make sure you have the why answered. Why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. I'm not, Really, I'm not really too concerned about what you're up to or how you're doing it, how many people you have. I just want to know. I just want to make sure that your why is okay. So because good. now, because now, as an older, you know, uh, seasoned minister, you, the stuff doesn't really catch me up. It really doesn't blow my hair back right. anymore. But when I was young, I just didn't know any better, and I didn't have anyone, you know. I didn't really have anyone helping me right. protect my heart. Right. I, I didn't have anyone asking the, the harder questions. And so again, I, I don't really have a, an issue with like celebrity pastors no. because I think, I think at this point, like me, they're my age or a little older now mm -hmm. and they probably gone through everything that they need to go through to understand who they are. Yeah. You know, what they're called to, who they're called to and how they're going to accomplish, you know, that mission and vision that God's put in their heart. But my, my concern, if I have any, would just be for the younger generation that man, they would know why they're doing what they're doing. Right. And, and if that, if that, if you can't answer that in a healthy way, mm -hmm. yeah, you need to check yourself, you need to check your priorities and you need to get surrounded and not surrounded by people who are going to, you know, uh, pump you up or, or boost your ego, man, yeah. you need to get a room with a, a 70 year old dude who's been through hell and back. Mm -hmm. You need to get some wisdom in you because I know me, man, I was, uh, you know, 27, 28, 29 years old thinking that, man, I'm on top of the world. I got it all figured out. I don't need anybody. And then just years later, am I sitting in a, you know, in an old dude's garage and just wisdom upon wisdom upon wisdom coming out of these guys who's, mm -hmm. who have just done life. And that's where I really learned. That's where, that's where I really gained a lot of, of wisdom and perspective when I was surrounded by people who were like, yeah, we're not very impressed by you. Wow. <laughs> we're not very impressed with your look or how many people you can get into a room. Um, why did you do the things you did? How's your heart? Hmm. And I'm Oh crap. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's when it became real. Wow. That's so, that's so awesome, man. That's so powerful. Now you, you had mentioned before and I, and I obviously I want to give you liberty to go as deeper, um, or as shallow, I guess, as you want, sure. but, um, yeah. you know, you mentioned kind of stepping into a darker season out of that, um, out of that time of really great influence. And, you know, I'm sure God's doing a lot and, and people are, you know, in, you know, being a, kind of caught up in uh, what God's doing in you and through you, I guess. But like you kind of stepped into a dark season. What was that? What did that season look like? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think um, 
I, I referenced, you know, when I was when I was a teenager, man, I was I lo- was loving Jesus, man. But I was I was loving on the girls as well. Right. You know what I mean? It, it was my vice. It was my thing. Um, I mean, I think um, inherently I'm I'm very outgoing and charismatic and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, I just always have enjoyed the company of of the ladies, I guess. And man, it caught up to me mm-hmm. again because wasn't surrounded and uh, didn't have great boundaries, was was uh, in ministry, was always cheered on mm. to do the next great thing. Like, hey, that was fantastic, Drew. Next time, do it even bigger and even better. And so, again, oh. just bad boundaries. And yeah, and, and it got me to this place where I felt like I was juggling and, you know, you put, you inherently put a mask on. Yeah. Or this person in this moment, and when all of that stress and anxiety and juggling is done, um, you know things aren't great at home, and I need relief from that. And then all of a sudden, I find myself um, in a progressing relationship with um, one of the girls who uh, helped me out in youth ministry. Uh, you know, worked at the church for a s- certain season, mm-hmm. and uh, and then you know, uh, a year, two years down the road, it just seems to progress, yeah. and all and you're juggling, uh, you know, a, a million different things. Uh, yeah, so it was it was definitely hard, and then I don't know how far we want to go down the road with with it. Uh, you can go as right far now. as you like, man. Yeah, but um. You know, um, yeah, the influence and the and the stature and the stages they continue to grow. I remember this man, and again, I don't want to over spiritualize it. I don't know, uh, you know, what what kind of crowds listening, but I, I remember I was in Houston, Texas, and I was in the third largest church in Houston. First is Joel Osteen. You know, mm, this yeah. is my problem. and yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then uh, I believe there's uh, like a predominantly um, African-American Baptist uh, church that's quite large. And then there was, there was Grace Church. And man, this place was ginormous. And I remember standing in the sanctuary, just taking a look. And the Holy Spirit said to me, like, this is savage. Holy Spirit's a savage. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. He says to me, look how far you're going to fall. He said, he, like, I, I, you know, did I audibly hear that? No, but my, my spirit heard, yeah. look how far you're going to fall. Wow. Not only, you know, two months later does the worst of the worst happen. Um, some things get found out and I'm let go from my job and I have to move back home to Windsor with my, with my wife um, and my three-year-old daughter and, you know, start a really hard journey of, of answering some tough questions and uh, just getting getting back to a place of wholeness and health. Uh, it was it was tough, man. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll, I'll just tell you the whole story um, is September 11th. If, if I move home in, if I move home in May, uh, May long weekend, um, September 11th, um, cops show up at my door and uh, and they arrest me. And, um, I am charged with sexual assault and extortion. And, um, and it was pretty wild because I knew the, I knew what a false claim this was, but I also knew what this would do to my name, my reputation. I knew that this, this would get out there. Um, obviously, um, I'm thankful for, um, a system, you know, uh, a system in Canada with, with courts and, and, uh, a judicial system. Uh, obviously she's, uh, found out to, um, have, you know, spun the story and, and, and lie and, and all that stuff. And, right. you know, people, people do things for certain reasons and, and, uh, that, you know, that's, uh, that's neither here nor there, but even through, even through that, even through the worst of the worst. I remember going to a counselor, great Christian man. And he said, you actually needed this to happen to see how, um, 
to see how dangerous you can be when you don't have Christ at the center of your life. You needed this to happen to be able to see actually how important it is when you carry the call of Jesus Christ on your life and you treat it as if it's some toy to be messed around with. And I'm, I'm, you know, 31 years old at this point, I I might as well have been 18. Everything was hard. Everything was hard to swallow. I was angry. I was upset. You know, how could God do this? How could she do this? But, but I tell you what, man, it's, it was, um, I mean, it was a quicker journey than I thought it would be, but Holy Spirit actually just completely transformed my heart, showed me, showed me the ways I was wrong. And, uh, I mean, it's been, uh, it's been seven plus years now since we've been home and it's been incredible to see how God redeems and restores yeah. when you, when you actually take your head out of the sand yeah. and say, I got to stop living for myself. I got to stop living for, um, you know, my, my own name or my own fame. And I got to start just putting the things of Jesus Christ first. Here's the deal. W- Windsor, Ontario, um, I mean, in Ontario, people call it the armpit of Canada. Right. It's the it's the lowest city in, in our nation. We are we are the most southern city in all of Canada, and we're right you know right beside Detroit, Michigan. Shout out to Detroit. Yeah. I love Detroit. <laughs> um, but it was just like you know, I felt like man, can anything good come from Windsor, Ontario? You know, right. can anything good come from uh, from this city? And I tell you what, man, God, God did a work in me where there's no place I'd rather be. Wow. Uh, the, the grace, if we would call it that, to to be on a conference circuit or to be on a, a certain stage or to be in a room with certain people, man, like I love those guys. I, I, I'm cheering, I'm cheering the body of Christ on, yeah. but man, Windsor, Ontario exchange church. It's got my heart. Yeah. And, and if if this is where I'm at for the rest of my life is if this is where I'm building my family, man, I'm I'm here for it. I'm all about yeah. it. And I know that um, life is so much easier and so less convoluted when you simply submit it to to Jesus Christ. Absolutely, man. That's so beautiful, man. Thank you, thank you for sharing that and just your your vulnerability and transparency with it all. Um, you know, I think you, you pointed out something that's just so, so impactful for people, because a lot of times when we talk about the mercy of God, um, you know, we think about it. It's just like the decisions that we made, like they just kind of get washed away. But sometimes the mercy yeah. of God is letting, <clears throat> excuse me, our our choices that we've made, it's letting the consequences hit us right in the face. You yeah, know absolutely. I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm. Um we were just talking about this at staff meeting this, this week. I'm, um, when I'm on the stage, say on a Sunday morning, I'm going to lean towards grace all like all the time. Mm-hmm. Grace preacher, G- Jesus preacher. Yeah. And yet I also need to be aware that we, we can't, yeah, we can't sweep things under the rug mm-hmm. or just like, we can't like, Jesus doesn't have a magic wand, man. You said it exactly right. Sometimes you're going to have to face those decisions. Sometimes you're going to have to feel those decisions. And and again, probably bad theology on my part um, was like, well, I love Jesus and Jesus loves me. So Mm. what's, what's, what am I missing in the equation? No, God says, I actually love you so much that I'm gonna let this kick your butt yeah. for a season yeah so that you get your acting gear yeah. and then you come back to you know and come then on. you come back to understanding of just how good i really am like i i truly believe that his goodness is found um i i mean it's obviously right holistically his goodness is everywhere you you can you can see it everywhere man his goodness is found when you face your pain, your wow. goodness, goodness is found when you dig deep and you, you go to the places that 95% of people just don't want to go to. Yeah. He's found there. He's found in your pain. And I, I mean, I will wave that flag till the day I die. That's so and good. that's why, 
that's why nothing nothing really scared like it's so funny right like as a pastor people will come to you and like you know drew i i, I want to tell you about something i want to talk to you about something and it's kind of like you know like you you hear them and you're like oh man yeah we're gonna get through this together but at the end of that conversation i'm like yo you have no idea yeah. like you're doing so good right life for you so good right now no but like honestly dig deep and excavate like go down deep to the places that maybe you've kind of swept under the rug and uh jesus is going to meet you there absolutely dude that's that's so awesome that's so powerful i um i remember when like when we were we first kind of met over facetime we were first talking you you shared about a friend of yours who um, and maybe I'm misquoting it, but like he said to you, I want to know who the real Drew Rayock is. Or like I, he said something to that effect. And that was like, what did that mean to you to have a friend in, in that time? And and I think you even said that your friend had kind of just walked with you. Yeah. So again, like by God's grace, my wife who did not ever want to go back into ministry Mm. she was done she was hurt it was funny right like the process really helped me but really didn't help the spouse Mm. right like we need to fix drew and somewhere in there andy kind of got left along the wayside which which again is is something that we've had to process and we've had to kind of revisit um but somehow, some way, she ended up working at the nation's largest Presbyterian church as the lead pastor's administrator. Like a, my wife is a boss. Like, that's just what she does. Uh, and um, and then, man, maybe six months later, uh, Brad Watson, the, the lead pastor of, of this church, says, hey, man, let's go out for wings. And I was like, oh, here we go. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? <laughs> no, no interest. Like I, I didn't, you know, he's putting on his pastor pants. He wants to hang out. Right. Okay. And, um, and one of the things he said to me, which literally like almost knocked me off my chair, he says, uh, Hey, uh, I obviously know you have a story, but I don't want to know that drew. I I have no, I have no interest in knowing Mm -hmm. that drew. I want to know who drew is today. And and I want to know the dreams that God, God has put in your heart for your tomorrow. Wow. I'm not, I'm not too interested in what, in what's gone on. I'm what's happened. I'm what I'm interested in, in where, where you're going and what God's called you to. And man, that was the beginning of a conversation where wow. this man who did not know me wasn't really interested in my past, but man gave me a second chance mm. at ministry. I became the worship pastor there for, uh, you know, an interim season wow. and, and he launched you know, to, to start exchange church. I have another friend who said something quite interesting because, you know, along the way I lost so many friends, all all those, all the who's who that, you know, um, I used to rock with, haven't heard from in quite some time, but this one guy, um, Calvin, man, what, what an incredible friend. He said, so many people left you, bro. But I got to stick around to see the water turn into wine. Hey. I I stuck around to get to see the miracle in motion. Wow. I mean, that, like those two conversations, those, I will never forget those mm. things. Because again, it just shows you that there, there can be a grace on your life to walk with people through the hardest seasons to walk, walk with people through seasons where your name might even be affected because you're hanging out with the name that you shouldn't be around. Right. And, and Calvin says, I w I wouldn't have changed it for the world because mm. I see the water turn into wine and I'm like, Oh, you're my guy. I love it. Wow. Wow. Man, I think that's such a huge key, the friendship, like the genuine friendship, you know, and I wanted to pick your brain a little bit like when because I think right now, like as we've, we've talked about, you know, social media and how you can kind of create this larger than life persona very easily uh, today. And and I think a lot of leaders feel that they feel that pressure um, to be this like immovable, untouchable, larger. All things. Yeah. All things to 
people, man, like a, a, a great preacher, a great leader, a social yeah. media strategist. Yeah, like, yeah. Need to be everything these days. Yeah. It's crazy. So yeah. what, like, obviously you just spoke to the the significance of genuine friendship and accountability. And it's like, what would you say to the leader right now who is feeling that pressure and has even, has even succeeded in, in those dynamics, but is dealing with the loneliness, is dealing with the, the sense of isolation? Um, how, what would you say to them? And, and how, do, how do we begin, maybe in a, on a second question, how do we begin to change the tide? Um, in Christian leadership that we actually invite friendship and accountability in a greater way. Yeah. Um, I guess on the, on the first part, first end of that question is, um, I, I think, I think what young leaders need to do again is, is to ask themselves the why. And if God's not in it, man, I, I want you to stay as far away from it as possible mm. because the law, can get so blurred so quick between what God's called you to and what you you want to be called to. Right. Um, right. Um, if you live in Nowheresville and you have a congregation of sixty people and you have this itch of um, you know, I should be doing more or I should be this or that, man, please quickly quickly check that. Mm. And I mean God gives us, God gives us tons of tools to, um, to hear from his spirit, mm -hmm. to make sure that we're walking in line with, um, with what he's called us to, uh, you know, walk in line with his heart for us. Because the, the second you start making decisions for yourself and, and maybe even making like excuses for God mm -hmm. within the well, no, the, I, I, I believe that this is what God has for me. Yeah. The, all that rhetoric is really, um, really dangerous if you're actually not living that out totally. because I did a lot of cool things. I'm not sure that that's what God wanted for me in that, in that season. Wow. I know within myself, again, I'm a firm believer that God gives us talents and abilities and personalities and sure. there's parts of us that just inherently are. And within those, I can do a lot of things. Um, I can win over a crowd. I can win over people. But is that what God wants for me? What I know he wants for me now is to be in the quote unquote armpit of Canada <laughs> and, and loving a community. And the, the people who work at Chrysler and Ford and yeah. GM, that's the type of city we are. Is it glamorous? No. Uh, you know, are, are people going to come in droves to Windsor, Ontario for the next conference? Probably not. But guess what? This is God's heart for the reacts. Yeah. This is God's heart for Drew. And, and this is where he wants me to leave. And so when I know that I know that I know that there's nothing left in me that's found wanting. Mm. There's nothing. There's nothing in me that that is searching for the the next best. And so if you are a young leader or you find yourself in position of influence, um, first of all, fantastic. Have at yeah. it. Good, like dream big and 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 go big. Absolutely. Because because your people deserve that. Mm. Your people deserve I'm, I'm a firm believer in excellence, but I never want you to get caught up in dreaming of something that's next that isn't a God dream. Mm. Like, and, and, and again, I know that's that's nice verbiage and it's very, very Christianese, but man, surround yourself. Get into your word. So, you know, be in a room with people who are 30, 40 years older than you yeah. who can tell you. You're just, a, you're, you're being stupid. You're just, you're that, that's ego that, you know, whatever that is, you need to, um, you need to find yourself in, in moments where, um, you can be checked, you can be questioned. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I'm not saying it's all bad. If, if you can answer those questions, um, with, with confidence and, and with, um, an understanding that, you know, that, yeah, God is calling me to, to this next place. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, just, just be careful. Yeah. 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 So how do we then begin to change that tide within church culture? And, and what do you think uh, within church leadership, I guess, like, how do we, um, how do we begin to restore the value of like friendship and genuine accountability as, as a leader? 
Yeah, I think I think honor is hmm. huge. Um, I honor some of my past friends who are doing things on a worldwide stage. Yeah. Like I, I honor that and I, and I live from a place where, um, that's, that's no longer competition. Mm. Um, whether, whether it was competition to begin with or, or, or not, it's not a competitive thing. It's now like, yeah, man, you, you keep going, you do you. Yeah. And I'm, I'm cheering you on because I know that even uh, on in their greatest moments on the biggest stages, if they if they ever had a moment like I did or some something scandalous came up, mm. I want to I want to give them the grace that I never received. Mm. I want I want to live in a place where I give off the type of grace that they like hope that they never had to receive in the first place. Yeah. You know, like it's all about honor and it's all about understanding. We don't, we don't fight against flesh. It's, it's the, the powers and the principalities that come at us and, and can wrap us up and get us into all kinds of mess. Jesus grace is greater than all of it. So mm-hmm. I need to explain grace to people and it's all about honor. And in that it's all about your, my my brother. Right. I would like to think I'm now at a place where there's nothing that anyone could do that can surprise me anymore. Right. Or necessarily make me think less of them as a, as a child of God. Mm-hmm. If we could get back to a place where we honor one another, whether it's the biggest stage or the smallest stage, wow. and we understand that it's not about uh, the capacity of the room, but it's the, about the capacity of our hearts to be in line with what God is doing. Like if I'm doing exactly what he's called me to, man, you are a rock star. You, you yeah. are the, Steve, you are the Stephen Furtick. You <laughs> are the Carl, like you are crushing it in, in exactly where God has called you to be. And I just think we need to get to that place. It does not need to be, you know, it does not need to be a YouTube sensation. It doesn't need to be a sellout crowd. Right. It it needs to be an authentic, genuine connection to what God has called you to. So and I think I think that's where we win. And I think that's how I think that's how we win as as the body. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend across the river, Josh Bowers. He he helped launch. Um, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna botch this. It's Levi Lusco's church mm. in. Uh, Montana. Montana, yeah. So he, so Josh was part of the planting team and was on uh, Fresh Life. Yeah, he he was at Fresh Life for years, and so like Levi again, the notoriety and now the books and and Levi's story and his family, it's it's all incredible, yeah. fantastic. And yet, Josh and Emily heard the call of God to leave something gigantic mm-hmm. and go plant in Detroit, Michigan, that is still up and coming, still a little sketchy, still questionable. And they went from, again, a capacity of thousands to where they have to start again and and collect dozens. Mm -hmm. And that is just as courageous, just as worthy Mm -hmm. and and needed. And I, I just think we need to get back to a place where we're actually cheering one another on, not the mindset of like, okay, if I cheer this guy on, on social, he's going to, he's going to see in and then maybe I could get a connection. No. Can we just, can we just cheer each other? Come on, man. That's my rant. (laughs) I love (laughs) it, man. That's just, that's so on point. So on point. I one of the last questions I want to answer, I want to ask you, and I again I appreciate everything you've said. It's been so good. In reflecting towards, you know, what we would call like a restoration process or that that season that you went through, being out of ministry, having to face um, some of the the inner uh, healing that needed to take place, some going to some of the hard places, asking, being asked hard questions. What would you say? to the leader right now who is maybe having to face that not necessarily in their own life 
but is having to lead somebody else through that, what would be the wisdom on the other side that you would say to a leader, say, hey, like, I know you're going to want to do this in the restoration process, but here's actually how it works out. Here's a better way uh, to walk with a leader who's maybe fallen morally or uh, has had a a mess up or something like that. What would you say to them? Yeah, let me, I guess, let me be a little vicious with this one. Sure. Um, I want, I want the people who are hearing this to know that a person is far more important than a system. Mm. A person's life is far more valuable than the system that you're trying to uphold. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, and again, I'm speaking through um, my own experience, obviously some of my own hurt, mm. but, but people are far more valuable than a system maybe that you've fallen in or fallen out of mm. and striving to get back to a system is going to leave you spinning your wheels because Jesus doesn't call you to a system. Jesus calls you to his heart and calls you to relationship with people. Yeah. Um, if you are in a denomination or a fellowship or, or whatever that looks like, um, and and again, you you do you. I would never I would never tell you what's right or wrong within that. Mm-hmm. All of that being said, the person is always more valuable than than the system. So can we not be afraid to, even when it's ugly, even when it's messy, even when it might rub people the wrong way within a church body. Can we walk with people mm. um, fully uh, and, and honestly? Can we bring correct discipline and love? Yeah. Can, we, can we be gracious and can we be truthful? Yeah. Um, I, I think we can do better. Yeah. I, really, I, I, I really think that um, I, I, I really think that leadership in the church can do a better job uh, of walking people to biblical restoration relational restoration listen i get it it's not it's not always going to be easy mm-hmm. there's going to be situations that are just so awkward that maybe there needs to be a season of, of space and and you know proximity might not be able to be a thing mm-hmm. that shouldn't stop you from again digging in deep going down deep um i'll just be honest with you that that guy i talked to you about calvin mm-hmm. Within everything that I did, he has every reason to be the one who's farthest away from me wow. because some of the stuff that I was up to directly affected him. Hmm. He still chose when the system said, run as far away from Drew as you can. Yeah, He, he leaned in closer. And again, now we get to reap the benefits of such grace. Yeah. We get we get to reap the benefits of real restorative relationship. Again, that is that can only come by by the power of Christ. Yeah. He can only reconcile like like he does. And so, man, if you're in a place where you're hurting, you're lost, you're scared, you're anxious, um can I can I first tell you don't go to the system. Go to someone who's been through some crap mm, in their life. Yeah. Go to a, a, an older guys. Guys, go to an older gentleman who is smart and wise and, and who's been through stuff. Go have those conversations. Let God work to you, uh, work on you, and 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 through you in those moments where you might have never thought to go that route first. I'm not too sure, and now I'm being a little little skeptical. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not sure that big business church head offices, all that stuff, have found a way to really balance the system and um, walking people to true repentance. Yeah. Um, I know it can happen. Yeah. But I also know that I had to let go of any um, idea of what future ministry would look like mm-hmm. just because I'm so caught up in a bubble my entire life. Well, if I can't have this, 
I can't have anything. Yeah. And God, no, I'm bigger than that. Yeah. I'm, I'm bigger than that. So stick with me, find some people that are, um, are, are willing to walk with you mm-hmm. through your heart to be authentic with you and then watch me show up and show off. Yeah. And that's what come on, man. So, yeah. yeah. And I think you're absolutely right. I think in a day and age of cancel culture where it's just like somebody made, made makes a mistake, said something, you know, it comes out. And then they're just written off. Like we as a church and church leaders, we can't be of that same, that same spirit. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't think Jesus, Jesus is not aligned with cancel culture. You know what I mean? No. Because I wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be here. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's, it's so true because I, I feel like I'm confident enough now and I'm aware enough now in myself to say that, God's grace and his redemptive character is alive and well and and can be something that you know can be displayed for his glory. Yeah. I was at the you know say I didn't get caught. Brian, let's say I didn't get caught. Right. Top of the top top of the game, all smiles, all, you know, you know, all handshakes and hugs, bro. I was a mess inside. Mm. I was dying inside. So, you know what? Give me my Windsor community, which outside world might never see. And I'm happy and healthy and thriving and, and excited again, just to be, you know, in relationship with, my family and and my 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 friends back home and yeah. more importantly like god is smiling upon it he's like go get it boy. yeah go get it. come on it's good man oh dude drew thank you so much for for all this this has been amazing and there's so much wisdom and and just truth that's just been brought out in this i think it's been amazing just to sit down and talk with you now you're really open about your story and um on instagram and you got a website that's kind of dedicated to your story how can people uh stay in touch with you and connect with you further yeah i mean um i haven't touched the blog in quite some time but you know one of the one of the the part of the healing process for me uh you know years ago was to just write it down write down the journey Mm -hmm. and uh, and I really didn't have much intention to to share it, but just through conversations again with some older gentlemen, they said if if it's helped heal you, it's going to help heal others. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I wrote down my my journey. And if you go to returninghome.ca, which is also just drewreact.com, right. um, it's going to take you to to that website, and you can you know you can go to the story and you can start from the beginning and and uh, I mean man it's it's been a hot second since I've ever kind of yeah. uh, you know journeyed uh, back to that that page, but it, it's up and running, and I still get you know people who are saying man thanks so much for your vulnerability, yeah. thanks so like art really helped me. Also, I I just kind of started an Instagram. Uh, it's just my actual birth name. It's Andrew Andrew Rayak. Rayak. There you go. Don't call me that. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, <laughs> but uh, Andrew Reagan, it's just like, you know, maybe every other day, just some inspiration about, you know, not giving up and continuing to journey through yeah. through your struggles and, and, and just pushing towards the new season that God has for you. So, yeah, just hit me up on social. Would love to say hi. Yeah. And, and really. A guy, guys, especially, come on, if you're, if you're going through anything, if you, if you're hiding anything, if you're wearing that mask, if you're juggling too many things, man, hit me up so I can tell you to stop it. Come on. And, and, and we can, we can have a conversation and I just believe, yeah, I believe the best is ahead Yeah. Uh, for all of us. And the best is ahead for all of us that simply say, you know what? I'm not enough. Hmm. I, I, I actually need Jesus in my life to help shore up some of these dark areas and man he can do it if he can do it through me man he can do it through you absolutely come on well man we'll make sure that all those links are in the show notes and i uh, just like drew said i encourage you to reach out to him um and uh i'm sure he'd love to speak into your life and encourage you dude thank you so much again your vulnerability uh your humility um yeah it was just refreshing to sit down and talk with you today thank you so much for your time yeah man super honored and uh yeah, I just, I, again, I really hope that this 
this helps somebody and uh, man I'm I'm pumped that you're doing something like this to get to get the word out um, we don't have to hide anymore absolutely so, uh, congrats to you my friend <laughs> <laughs> thanks man I appreciate it for sure Drew, thank you so much for just honestly, man, your your humility and your vulnerability in sharing uh, honestly um, about what God has done in your life and where God has taken you from. And uh, I really do believe, man, that God's got great things in store for Exchange Church. And uh, again, we wanted to speak to you who's listening. Um, man, God's God's heart for restoration is for you no matter what your story is, no matter what you might be dealing with right now. And, and maybe as Drew even said that you're dealing with a level of secrecy and, and there's, uh, there's hidden things going on in your life. God is wanting to bring the light of his love to your life, not to shame you, not to guilt you, not to, not to uh, just abandon you, but actually to bring you into a place of healing. And we would love uh, to hear from you if there's any way we can serve you better um, and help you in that process. Um, you can reach out to us at info at the unionmovement.com. We would love to hear from you and love to be a support for you. Thank you so much for joining us. We will love to see you next time here on the Union Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope your life was impacted greatly. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at the unionmovement.com. For more information, visit our website theunionmovement.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram with the handle at the Union Movement.